With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis.com podcast, our Monday morning edition. Uh, my name is Ed McGrogan. I'm here once again with Steve Tigner. I'm just gonna we're just gonna catch up with Steve before he takes off to Indian Wells um, tomorrow. So we'll be there uh, with coverage this week into the money rounds. Um, actually, you know, really, Steve, there have been quite a few nice matches already. You know, there'll be a bunch that we're going to be talking about. Um, you know, we talked about how this event has, you know, probably too many seeds. But what it, it does have it is, you know, unlike the slams, it has a, a field of only 96. So it does, even though there are a lot of seeds, we it does seem like we're getting some really strong matches, you know, quicker than it would be at a grand slam. So it's really picked up steam pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, it's true. The as much as you might complain about the, or I complain about the amount of buys that the players get, um, it does get going faster than a Grand Slam. You don't have the full two weeks. You have significantly fewer players, 96 instead of 128 on each side. You have let you know you have th- two out of three instead of three out of five, which you know it just sort of everything moves along a little more quickly, and you're into you know the better rounds you know, more quickly than a major at this one. And, and this weekend was a good one, for, you know, because of that. And you know what, you, you know, we talked about that before, about the best two of three and best three of five, and how, you know, obviously, you know, that format, that shorter format does, you know, you would think give the lesser ranked players, you know, more of a chance. They only have to win two instead of three sets against a top player. But, you know, in events like Indian Wells and Miami and these big Masters events where they are all best two out of three sets, you know, even though that is the format, it's still, you know, that that's something that the, the top, the favorite players, you know, they're well aware, they're obviously well aware of that. And that, I think, just forces them to play their games even even better and even tighter so that they don't get put into the trap of going down because they had a poor start against a, a lesser player. You just look at the role of champions at an event in particular, you know, this one in particular, and it's not any different than, you know, most of the Grand Slams we see. So I think that format does in some ways make the drama a little more, uh, you know, there as well, but we still get the results. Yeah, the Big Four have dominated the Masters events just, you know, just as thoroughly as they have the Grand Slams in the last 10 years. Um, they've been, you know, they've been just because two out of three really hasn't made much of a difference as far as upsets. And like you said, they, they understand it. They play most of their matches through the course of the year, two out of three. That's that, you know, they, they can focus quickly. I think Djokovic in particular gets focused more quickly. He, he'll be, he's a guy who's more likely to, to sort of 
ease into a match or even throw away a set in a three out of five set match knowing that you know he's the steadier player but he gets you know he, he gets into it a little more quickly and you know he can he can do that at the at the masters yeah and you know the the big four here um I, it does look like you know thus far smooth sailing we're you know we're only at round three but you know, even their upcoming opponents don't look, you know, too imposing on the surface. There, you know, Djokovic, Albert Ramos, Vinolas, um, Murray, Cole Schreiber. That's a match I feel like we've seen 300 times, but and uh, yeah, it's a mixed degrees. Um, you know, the interesting ones. You know, we'll see. I think the interesting one that'll be talked up, but probably just deflate like a balloon, is is Donald Young against Rafael Nadal. You know, this. 2015 has kind of been a mini resurgence year for Young. Um, you know, certainly a huge departure from the way he was a few years back. And then Federer gets um, a re another shot at Andreas Seppi. You know, the same round actually as they met at the Australian Open, and Seppi, of course, won that match. You know, of those, you know, those two matches, I think, you know, certainly we'll be having a lot of eyes on them, even if you know, even if the favorites are, you know pretty heavy favorites still but i think both these are pretty interesting yeah nadal and donald young they've only played once it was here quite a few years ago and rafa won easily i don't that's a just seems like not a really a great matchup for for donald young obviously rafa isn't a great matchup for anybody but i feel like he's he's not a tall guy he's not a guy who can blast the ball through the court you know he's he's not a guy who's gonna who's gonna really hurt rafa um from the baseline and I think, you know, Seppi and Federer, Federer's just lost to him the one time. He didn't play that well. Seppi played, ex you know, exceptionally well. I feel like, and I don't know, Federer is not, he won't, I feel like he'll, he should take care of this one. Um, I don't feel like Seppi can, can do that again. And I feel like Federer will, you know, he's playing better. He has, you know, he, he wasn't playing that well in Australia to start, even before he played Seppi. And I feel like after his win in Dubai, he looks pretty good. So, um, you know, I don't really anticipate another upset or or, or Seppi giving him too much trouble. Yeah, and, and you know, looking at the rest of this men's bracket here, it's 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 got some you know pretty good stuff. You know, overall here um, we have you know two the best match perhaps, and we talked about this before on the podcast. Yeah, David Ferrer and Bernard Tomic are going to play. Tomic a 32 seed. Yeah, coincidentally, if Tomic won and if his uh, fellow Aussie Kakanaikis won, you know, above him, they actually play in the uh, fourth round. That obviously be pretty, you know, very interesting, you know, match to see there. Um, you know, the rest of this bracket. Um, Isner, Kevin Anderson. You get that. 16 and 18 it feels like they should they're seated exactly where they should be in that uh you know matchup kind of destined for breakers there um you know so many other names a lot of americans still left at this point i i just i hate to even say that just because it's it's kind of like a reflexive thing that that you do but they but americans you know have had good success at Indian wells before and there are quite a few still left in this draw here um you know you know of of these other matchups and these other players that you know at this point are still around the tournament, you know who 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 intrigues you a bit on the men's side here? I mean, I guess you know you you'd have to say 
among the Americans that Jack Sock has the best chance of, of moving on. You know, Steve Johnson plays Burdick. Uh, Donald Young plays Rafa. Um, Sock plays Batista Agut, which he, that's a winnable match. And this, you know, Sock is coming back from an injury, and you know the he's trained. He's trained quite a bit harder. He looks pretty fresh. He beat Mueller in a yesterday in a pretty tough match that he could have lost easily. Um, you know, that's one. I think it seems like a possibility for an upset there for an American at Indian Wells, and then he would play Federer. Yes, yeah, exactly. He's right down there um, at the bottom of the draw. Um, you know, just looking back on this weekend, what we saw from um, probably the best men's second-round match, um, you know, this is what I was perhaps alluding to about getting a really nice matchup this early, but... You know, uh, Kyrgios played Dimitrov pretty early on, and, um, you know, down-to-the-wire type of match, um, which you could expect from two, you know, hard hitters on a flat, you know, on a pretty hot, you know, the weather in in uh, Palm Springs is is keeping up with what you might think of it. It, it. it really does, you know, you've been there many years. I went to Indian Wells just for a cup of coffee a few years back, and it, it you know the heat is real there. It's not um, you know, and you can you would never believe it being you know watching the event from the East Coast if you're watching from over here. But um, you know that match ended up going you know deep into it, and Dimitrov ends up pulling it out after kind of a odd set of circumstances. But um, it's been good this weekend. I think that was the highlight of the men's thus far. I would say. Yeah, curious. Uh, Dimitrov was was a good match. It ended in an unfortunate way. Curious rolled his ankle, then didn't use the trainer uh, at 5-4 and third, came out and tried to tried to just sort of shake it off and serve for the match, and he couldn't do it. I think that might be a lesson for him, if only just to calm himself down in that situation rather than just going out and, and blasting away and seeing what happens. That's, you know, that's sort of the way he plays tennis, which is, you know, that that's, you know, that's him. But in this situation, he seemed a little unsettled by the, by the you know, being out there at, at five four, you know, I think it was a good sign for Dimitrov to come through in that kind of situation. He played played really his best in the last in the final tiebreaker. So many times you see that type of situation where one player is hurt and the other guy gets more thrown off, and the guy who's hurt just slugs away and and either wins or or makes it close. But Dimitrov was the one who really took over. Um, and you know, he he plays Robredo next, and then possibly Raonic after that. That's you know, maybe this is a little bit of a, maybe this is a shot for Dimitrov to, to try to turn his season around. Yeah. And, um, and as we, you know, look forward to, you know, other players that could, you know, make quite a few statements here at, at Indian Wells, you know, we'll go to the women's draw here. And, and we have had, as of this recording, we have half of the fourth round already set. Um, this is Serena Williams's half of the draw. Uh, it's actually been you know, pretty pretty wiped clean of many of the the big big seeds or a few of them. Um, Radwanska goes down to Heather Watson. That's a pretty disappointing loss, four and four to her. Um, you know, but Serena, I, I have to say, from it's it's sort of imposing to think about. You know, after I, what you would. What would have expected was a, a struggle in her first, you know, match there in so many years with all the circumstance surrounding it. Um, 
You know, I wasn't sure that I would I would see a, a two and zero result right in her next match. You know, against you know not a player who can compete with Serena on a you know a consistent basis by any means. But but I I had wondered going into this tournament if we would ever really see Serena settle down into this event, sort of like she does in the slams. And you know, based on pretty much a whitewashing here in the uh, in her second match. Um, you know, it's it, it, her prospects going forward's pretty deep. Certainly look good, and she gets a very familiar face next in Sloane Stevens. Yeah, Serena was obviously really emotional in her first match, and then yesterday uh, was pretty much all business. That was apparently the way she was in her press conference. Not you know, not too demonstrative, not too talkative. Said she wanted to sort of settle into focusing into the tournament and sort of treating it like any other tournament. And like you said, her draw has opened up opened up well. Her this highest seed in her quarter, Makarova is gone. Um, another challenger in her half, Radwanska, is gone. Uh, and now she plays Sloane Stevens, who she beat pretty easily last year at the U.S. Open. It'll be an interesting match, obviously. A, a good crowd-pleasing match. Sloane has beaten Serena, but I, you know, if Serena's if if any match is going to make her even more focused, I, right, I, think, it will be, right. I think it will be that one. And then she would play the winner of Svitolina and Basinski. Um, Svitolina took a, you know challenged her at the Australian Open, but but you know, I, you know it seems like Serena, like you said, has has pretty quickly gotten into the into just the regular tournament mode. Um, uh, and even if she was to lose to to Sloan or to to be upset, I wouldn't really feel like now that it was because of the emotion of of being in Indian Wells I don't you know based on yesterday that that part seems you know that part feels like it's it's in the past yeah and I think that's you know a match like this will only further uh further that theme I think that um that with you know with more matches and just with the the you know the way that Serena could go through this draw depending on how she plays you know it's it's really a, a new event in some ways even after just two rounds it does seem that way um you know the, the others as i mentioned in her in her half that could emerge um Halep, you know around playing after a family tragedy back at home Gets a nice win, you know, odd score, 6-1-3-6-6-1 over Lepchenko. Um, she'll face Pliskova in a, you know, one of the, I think one of the more matches that the tennis, you know, the 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 big tennis fan will turn into because both of these two, you know, Pliskova in a way, you know, with her results this year, she's almost seemed like she's risen up just as much as, as Halep did a few years back, you know, without... The titles, of course, but re- definitely on that trending upward slope there, and uh, and you know they'll face off in round four and in, in one of the better matches for sure, probably in either draw. Yeah, Halep, please give it. That's a, that's one to watch. You know, both good shot makers, good movers. Um, Halep has been, which she is often. She's been very up and down. She so far she'll she is looks really good when she's playing well, and then. If she starts to go bad at this tournament, which is also common with her, she kind of she starts to rush herself out of the out of the match. She's done that in both matches and then bounce back to win. Um, so we'll see whether she can put together 
you know two straight solid sets against Pliskova, who will be a, who will be a real challenge. Yeah, and you know, actually wanted to mention this because we're talking about matches that are happening day after day, and I I mentioned the weather earlier, and you've been out there many years. And you know this this is a tough format these masters slash premier mandatory formats where it's you're you're thrown out, um, you know in some cases back to back days especially when it gets toward the uh, the weekend there you know how much is you know a fatigue and the conditions an issue at this event you know how is the, I don't know if the court uh, the court conditions too we you know the hard court tournaments. There's just so many different shades of how a hard court plays depending on how it's built. You know, what have you seen in, in, in your years at Indian Wells, you know, looking back on really how much the conditions impact the matches here? Yeah, a lot of players will tell you this is tougher. The, the Masters can be tougher than a Grand Slam because you're coming back um, right after. You're coming back the next day. You don't have a day off. Um, I think also scheduling becomes much more crucial. You would you you might see somebody like Federer in the past get a you know one too many night matches and then get switched up to a day match and have trouble um adjusting to that that can happen to any of the top players who are who are sort of in demand for night matches they have to they have to watch that and, and that, that's something that there's not much they can you know the tournament schedulers can do about that so that's something to look for later but i you know the top players have done have done well at this tournament even Back to back, you know, Federer at past thirty, he won the tournament in two thousand twelve. He was in the final in two thousand fourteen. I don't, you know, Djokovic obviously never has trouble bouncing back. As far as you know, as far as the men's side, it, it just it seems like they're able to do it. They that's what the Masters are, Masters tournaments are all about. And and I think perhaps specifically with Indian Wells, I think it's you know that the debate always comes around you know this time of year, but I think players really have put the value on this event as higher than even other masters i I think this you know right now has that that unspoken fifth major cachet to it because it it just seems like um you know you, you can kind of tell at least i can even away from the tournament of of how big it feels and sort of the importance that um all the players tend to put on about it. it you know, it comes it comes after a sort of a, a, a slower month relative to the rest of the season, um, and it really feels like you know it's something we've been waiting for. And I think the play, I think that comes across in how the players have played over the past few years. Yeah, I think it's one that they look forward to a lot uh, because of the weather. Because there's nothing big leading up to it. They're not sort of in the middle of the grind of the season the way it gets to be even by the clay court season. It also seems to be a time when they'll they're willing to experiment a little. Rafa has talked about how he's he's trying to serve a little harder, and he he's tinkered with shots out here. You see him you see him in Indian Wells practicing a lot and changing things up. Feder, um, you know, all the a lot of the top guys will play doubles here. Feder, Murray, Nadal all play doubles. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a sense of like they can they're not so close to the Grand Slams that they you know that they can't sort of relax or or experiment or in you know just in sort of enjoy being out here and i think that that's the sort of sense you get at the event yeah well we'll get um we'll get your perspective of it like i said uh beginning on wednesday it'll be on tennis.com of course um look out for that and um all other coverage during b 
BNP Paribas Open at Indian Wells. So for Steve Tigner, this is Ed McGrogan. We'll touch base again later on on the Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.